Hello and welcome to the Mythological Africans podcast, where we read and talk about the mythology, folklore, and culture of different African peoples. I am your host, Helen Ndi. Episodes of this podcast come from live recordings of the Mythological Africans Twitter Space Storytime Sessions, public talks, as well as from episodes of the Mythological Africans Deep Dive series, which you can watch on YouTube. If you've ever looked up at a clear night sky and marveled at the beauty of the stars, then you are one of many people in the present and the past for whom these celestial bodies hold a great fascination. The different constellation of stars which fill the night sky have always been a source of awe and wonder, as well as repository of information to humans across the planet, and the African continent is no exception. In this episode of the Mythological Africans Deep Dive series, we will explore the star law of different African people and discuss the ways in which knowledge of the stars was put to practical use. When we looked at sun and moon symbolism in episode 2, we talked about how celestial bodies fulfilled a variety of functions in any given society, with implications for the people's worldviews, associated rituals, weather prediction, navigation, timekeeping, agriculture, and the overall culture. Now, stars play an important role in worldview and ritual, but they are especially relevant for weather prediction, which of course is connected to agriculture and navigation, important things if your community depends on agriculture, animal rearing, or has a nomadic lifestyle in general. Our discussion today will focus on specific stars, asterisms, which are small groups of stars, and constellations. More specifically, we'll look at Sirius, the dog star, Polaris, the Southern Cross and the Pointers, Alpha and Beta Centauri, Canopus, Aldebaran, Formalhaut, Venus, the evening and morning star, the Pleiades, which has a lot of rich folklore across the continent, and Orion's Belt. Something to keep in mind throughout this video is that different African peoples have their own names for stars and different constellations which speak to whatever stories are associated with the star or constellation. So, we will use the standard Western names, which mostly derive from Greek and Roman mythology, but I will emphasize the indigenous names as often as I can. Stars are the most populous of nighttime celestial bodies, and so there are many explanations for and stories associated with them. For example, the Ibibu people in Nigeria call the stars the sand of the moon, and to the Kung hunter-gatherers found in southern Africa, stars are little ant lions watching the earth with their shiny eyes. To the Tswana people, stars are holes in the sky, which itself is a dome of blue rock. To the sun hunter-gatherers, stars are the spirits of dead people. To the Dinka in Sudan, stars are the nighttime fires of people who tend cattle on the plains. Certain stars shine bright enough to stand out from others. In many cases, their movements across the night sky can be tracked, making them useful for practical purposes. One of such stars is Sirius. Sirius features prominently in African star lore. Sirius is the brightest star in the night sky, and so its many names refer to this. To the Sotho in southern Africa, Sirius is Goga Mashego, 
which means drawer up of the light. To the Tswana, it is Goga Masigo, which means pulls the light across. The vendor also found in South Africa call it Kohamutsho, which means pulling out the dawn. To the Sosa people, also found in South Africa, Sirius Isikwawe, the champion. Sirius, however, is probably best known in the context of ancient Egyptian and Dogon mythology. In ancient Egypt, Sirius was called Sophis, Sep, or Sopdet. It was associated with the myths of the goddess Hathor, who was often depicted as a cow with the star between her horns. Sirius was also associated with the myths of Isis and Osiris. Ancient Egyptians believed that Osiris's soul rested near Sothis, and Isis's soul rested in Sothis. In addition, ancient Egyptians depended on Sirius's appearance to mark the start of the year and the flooding season. The Dogon of Mali calls Sirius Sigitolo, which means Star of the Sea. This is in reference to the Sigi ceremony, which happens every 60 years when the star appears at a point in their sky between two specific mountain peaks. In the 1930s, two French anthropologists, Marcel Riol and Germain Ditelon, spoke with four Hogons, priests of Leve, a branch of Dogon spirituality, who told them about visitors from the skies called Nomos, amphibious beings which look like mermen and mermaids. The Nomos, the Hogon reported, live on a planet which orbits a star near Sigitolo. The Hogons claimed that the Nomos taught them about the solar system, including the fact that Sirius, or Sigitolo, has two invisible companion stars which the Dogon call Potolo, which means small seed star, and Emeya, which means sorghum woman. What is interesting is that at the time, the existence of companion stars to Sirius was suspected but not confirmed. It wasn't until the 1970s that the existence of Sirius B, or Portolo, was confirmed. In Dogon mythology, stars are seeds flung in the sky by Ama, the creator, with Portolo, or Sirius B, being the smallest of these seeds, hence its name. The Dogon also use Sigitolo for agricultural purposes. They watch for its rise in the sky to mark the start of a new agricultural cycle. To the Serer people in Senegal, Sirius is called the star of Union. The star itself is important because its appearance also marks the start of the agricultural season. The star is also depicted as a pentagram whose points have specific meaning in Serer cosmology. The top point represents the supreme deity Rug, the immensity. The other four points correspond to the cardinal points of the universe. Polaris is another star which is visible and so has particular stories attached to it. Among the Tuareg or Berbers in Northern Africa, Polaris is called Lemkechen and Tuareg folklore recounts that Lemkechen is a black woman who is standing very still and holding a baby camel, or Ursa Minor, while its mother, Ursa Major, is being milked. This alludes to the fact that Polaris is unmoving while other stars spin around it. 
Other stars with folklore associated with them include Alpha and Beta Centauri, which are often called the Pointers. These two stars are found next to the Southern Cross constellation, and so their folklore relates to this constellation. South African folklore about these stars is particularly rich. To the Khoikhoi, the Pointers are known as Mora, or the Eyes, and they are thought to be the eyes of a great celestial beast. To the sun hunter-gatherers, the pointers are male lions, which were once men, but were then turned into stars by a magical girl. The sun also thought of the three brightest stars of the Southern Cross constellation as female lions. To the Sotho, Venda, and Swana, the pointers and the Southern Cross are the Thuthlua, or the giraffes. The pointers are female giraffes, while the stars of the Southern Cross are male. The Sotho use the giraffe stars for timekeeping, and so farming season begins when the stars are close to the southwestern horizon just after sunset. Canopus, the second brightest star in the sky, is called Naka, the horned star, by many Southern African peoples. Naka greatly influences Sotho community life, for example. It usually appears in the sky around the end of May and so heralds winter in the Southern Hemisphere. Its appearance is eagerly awaited since some chiefs award a cow to whoever spots it first. Among the Soto, once Naka is sighted, the chief calls together his Sangomas, who throw bones to determine whether it will be a good season. The Tswana saw Naka's appearance as a time to start breeding their sheep. Meanwhile, among the Venda, when Naka appeared, the first person who sighted it would blow the Falafala horn to alert the others and be rewarded with a cow. Aldebaran, a bright orange star in the Taurus constellation, is said by the Ibiobio of Nigeria to be a mother hen with her chicks being the stars of the nearby Pleiades constellation. Now there are many myths about the Pleiades constellation which we will explore later. Meanwhile to the Shona, the star known as Formalhaut is called Ndemara, which means the sweetheart star. To the Swana, it's Shona, which means the kiss me star. This is so because apparently, secret lovers used the appearance of Formalhaut as a signal that it was time to part before they were discovered. Know which other stars associated with lovers? Venus, naturally. Now, as you may know, technically Venus is a planet, but it is also one of the brightest nighttime celestial bodies, and so it is elevated in traditional African star lore. Venus appears at dusk and dawn, which are times associated with specific activities, and its various themes reflect this. To the Sosa, Venus was called Madingeni, which means the dating star, because secret lovers would use its appearance in the evening sky as a signal that it was safe to meet away from prying eyes. To the Isubu in southwestern Cameroon, Venus at dawn is called Eyombwe. The Isubu people believe that when cockerels see Eyombwe early in the morning, they start announcing really loudly the day is breaking, and the sound us humans hear is the crowing. To the Sosa people, 
of South Africa, Venus at dawn, is called Ikwesi Yokusa. Ikwesi Yokusa is associated with diligence because its arrival in the sky meant it was time to wake up and start the day's work. Also, travelers who, back in the day, slept out in the open would see Ikwesi Yokusa and know it was time to resume their journey. And so Noma Kwesi is a Sosa girl's name which alludes to this diligence. The Kung and other people found in South Africa call Venus at dawn the old star, and they believe that Venus guides the sun across the sky. The Herero people, also found in Southern Africa, called Venus at dawn Okanumahi, which means little drinker of sweet milk because it appears at milking time in the morning. Evening time is also cow milking time, so Zosa boys playing in the fields would rush home to milk their cows when they saw Venus at dusk. And so Venus at dusk is also called Useli Zapolo, which means one who ask for milk from a tea. Evening was also when the main meal of the day was eaten by many people. And so Venus at dusk is called Liquela Pobe in Southern Africa, in Selankobe by the Zulu, Copadilalo by the Sotho, Copadilelo by the Tswana, Kumbela Silalelo by the Venda. And all these names are variations of the phrase asking for supper or asking for a meal. Interestingly, in many African cultures, Venus is the wife of the moon. For example, to the Wahungwe people in Zimbabwe, the moon is male, and his first wife is Venus at dawn, the morning star called Masasi. His second wife is Morongo, who is Venus, the evening star, Venus at dusk. In Hungwe folklore, each marriage lasts two years, and through them, the moon and his wives give birth to all the plants, animals, and humans that are on earth. Venus is also the moon's wife to the Tabwe and Bangala people in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The Bangala people call Venus Mwaliwa Sanji, which means the wife of the moon. Venus, the evening star, is also the moon's wife to the Zandi people in the Central African Republic, who call her Tungu. Venus also sometimes appears close to the Pleiades constellation, and so their folklore connects amongst the Tuareg people, for whom the Pleiades are called the girls of the night. Venus, when it shows up, is the eye of a boy who left his head on earth and went to the sky to look at the girls. As I mentioned earlier, the folklore of the Pleiades constellation is very rich. The image of Pleiades as a hen with her brood of cheeks is common in West Africa. To the Hausa, the Pleiades are Kaza Mayaya. To the previously mentioned Ibiobio, as well as the Anang people in Nigeria, the Pleiades are called Unen Ekandito. To the Buisa people in Ghana, the Pleiades are called Chibisa. All these names refer to a hen and her brood of chicks. In Eastern and Southern Africa, the folklore about the Pleiades varies. In a Khoikhoi legend, the Pleiades are the Kunuseti, daughters of Suigab, the god of the dawn sky. 
they are all married to Aldebaran's other star, which is the previously mentioned bright orange star in the Taurus constellation. It is said that the Kunuseti sent their husband, Aldebaran, out to hunt with a warning not to return empty-handed. Unfortunately, he took only one arrow, which he shot at a group of zebras. The zebras are the stars in the Orient's belt. He missed, and so now is unable to return home because he doesn't have meat. Also, he cannot retrieve his arrow, which is Orient's sword, because a lion, the red star Betelgeus in the Orient um, belt, waits near the arrow. And so the women mock their men, saying, Ye men, do you think that you can compare yourselves to us and be our equals? There now, we defy our own husband to come home because he has not killed game. In Southern Africa, the Pleiades appear in August or early September and so mark the beginning of the year and planting season. To the Arimi or the Niatur people in Tanzania, the Pleiades are Kirimia, the plowing stars. The Nyaturu people characterize Kirinia as a wife and mother and connect the constellation with green and yellow, the colors of grass and flowers in spring. They believe that in September, Kirinia rises from a long dry season rest with the great python of the rain shrines in order to work with the sun and moon to bear the fruits of her time with the python. The Pleiades as Kirinia are addressed in to praise the sun, a Nyaturu praise poem directed at the sun, the moon, and Pleiades. In the opening ode to Kirimia, the orator says, Kirimia, go and get pregnant. Give us water of grace. Cleanse all seeds or bad fruits so that I, the creature, may choose a good seed that brings forth good fruit. Bring much rain that will suffice the entire earth. Bring gentle rain to water the whole land, that is, the land of Wadiaturu. Don't forget even one area. Bring us cool water that people may get enough food so that we don't fight over Ugali. The players are Kelemera to the Nyabongo of Rwanda, Lemila to the Nyasa of Malawi, Selemela to the Sofo, Shirimela to the Songa. Selemela also to the Tswana, Shilimela to the Venda, and all these names allude to spring, the start of a new annual cycle, and the planting season with its accompanying digging. To the Sosa people in South Africa, the Pleiades are Isilimela, and their appearance in June, much earlier than the other times, symbolizes new life in man. The appearance of Isimela also determines the coming out ceremony of the Abakethwa circumcision school through which boys become men. And so, Zosa men count their years of manhood from this day. Orient's belt and sword are constellations which also have a rich folklore associated with them. We already talked about the Koikoi folklore about Orient's belt and sword. In other parts of South Africa, the stars of Orient's belt and sword are characterized as animals. The Karanga of Zimbabwe call the stars of Orient's belt Nguruve, which means three pigs. To the sun, 
Orion's belt stars are three male tortoises hanging on a stick, while Orion's sword stars are three female tortoises hanging on a stick. Some African people have star law which encompasses multiple stars and constellations. For example, to the Merazic, nomadic herders found in southern Tunisia, certain stars and constellations are thought to have originated from one primordial star. This star is called Sahel, and it is said to have divided into six parts to give birth to Treya, which is the Blydus constellation, Sefra, which is the Capricorn constellation, Zauza, which is the star Betelgeuse in the Orion constellation, Merzen, which is the Canis major constellation, including Sirius and Canis minor, Trif and Jeba, the constellations of Cancer and Leo, and Sahel, the previously mentioned star Canopus. As seen in the Merzig example, the spread of Islamic astrological knowledge deeply affected star lore in many parts of northern and Sahelian Africa. Another example is that of the Bama people in Chad, who called the Pleiades Nangi Jadge. The Bama believed that the supreme deity placed his throne in Nangi Jadge, from which he created the first man and then the first woman, who gave birth to the 12 constellations of the zodiac. The Bama start the new year with the setting of Nangi Jadge in the west sky in early May, and farmers also link this event with the disappearance of Venus, the first rains, and the sowing of grain. And so we come to the end of our journey through the African skies. Thank you so much for watching. I have pinned references in the comment which should give you so much more about African star lore than I could fit into this video. But I also want to hear from you. Do you know any stories, any myths, any folklore from your people about the stars? Tell me about them in the comments. Also, if you have any feedback about this episode or about mythological Africans that you would like me to know, feel free to drop them in the comments. You can join the Mythological Africans community on Twitter, which is where most of the conversation happens. We have gatherings where we read folklore or myths from different parts of the continent. You can also subscribe to this channel. We have uh, monthly videos exploring some theme um, that is selected by the community on Twitter. I also have a newsletter which I send out monthly, which gives an overview of what we've talked about and then gives updates on what future projects we have going on. So once again, I thank you for your support and I hope you have a great month ahead.